0: Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. So there's just uh, nine days to go until Christmas lunch. I I love Christmas dinner and I especially enjoy tucking into all the things that I don't eat at any other time of the year, like Brussels sprouts. Oh, it wasn't always the case. When I was growing up and my mum put Brussels sprouts on my plate, I used to wonder what I'd done wrong, that meant that I had to go through this annual Bush Tucker trial. But now I love them. And every year I wonder why I don't eat them all year round. And then there's bread sauce In our house, we only ever have it at Christmas time. Uh, Mind you, it is a strange thing, bread sauce. At no other time of the year do we dream of making liquid bread and then pouring it all over our dinner. And what about mince pies? I love mince pies. They are delicious. Well, they are these days. And I, I say these days because, as you might well know, mince pies used to be made of real minced beef. Now, can anyone tell me whatever possessed someone to create the first mince pie and then to offer it to a guest? Fancy some cold minced beef mixed with chopped dried fruits all wrapped in a sweet sugary pastry? Hmm, don't mind if I do. Um, Anyway, the point is there are some things I only ever eat at Christmas time but every year when I'm feasting on Brussels sprouts, liquid bread and mince pies I find myself wondering why I don't have these things all year round because they are delicious. And I tell you that because what is true of Christmas dinner for me is true when it comes to the one who is at the very heart of Christmas itself. For the first 20 years of my life or so, Jesus figured only at Christmas and Easter. But over these last 30 years or more, I've discovered that it's brilliant knowing Jesus all through my whole life. And I can't think why anyone wouldn't want to have him as part of their life all year round. And it's the announcement that was made on that first Christmas morning that tells us why Jesus is so brilliant. First, because it tells us the identity of Jesus. Listen again to the words said to the shepherds Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. It's a remarkable claim. The little one born at Christmas time was none other than God Himself, God in a body, God in a baby. What an extraordinary thought that had we been there, you and I could have actually held the Creator of everything. In our arms. That's the truth at the very heart of Christmas. Uh, he was born in Bethlehem, the, the town of David, a, a little town of little renown, but the location is critical. Uh, we sing the little town of Bethlehem. It was chosen to be Jesus' birthplace because it was the town of David. That is King David, Israel's greatest ever monarch. The point is this, Jesus is royalty. Christmas then is the celebration of of the birth of a king. Not just any king, but the king of all kings, God himself. That's the announcement. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The Lord is not an honorary title that gives him a, a life peerage and a seat in the upper parliamentary chamber, but a declaration that he is God. Now that is quite a statement. But if it's true, it could hardly be more important. Not least of all because it tells us that all the guessing games about God's existence are over. He's come and made himself known. That incidentally is why Christians are so confident that God exists. Because 2,000 years ago he came and walked this planet. And if that's true then it not only proves to us that God exists. But it tells us how we should relate to this newborn king. Before moving here to Fulwood, I used to work in a church in the West End of London. And a friend of mine there told me of his elderly but sprightly Aunt Beryl. Auntie Beryl was invited to a neighbour's house for a Christmas get-together. You know, drinks, nibbles, Christmas carols playing in the background, that sort of thing. Auntie Beryl knew most of the other guests there because they were neighbours from along her street. But there were one or two people that she'd never met before. Now remember, this is in London's West End. So there's Auntie Beryl enjoying the canapes and a glass of mulled wine when she found herself standing next to a bloke in his mid-twenties, red hair, wearing torn jeans. He introduced himself as Ed. And making small talk, as you do on these kind of occasions, Auntie Beryl said to Ed, ''So, dear, what do you do for a living?'' And Ed said, ''I'm a musician.'' And looking at his ripped jeans and not having a clue who she was speaking to, Auntie Beryl said, ''Oh, I'm so sorry, dear. It must be so hard to make a living as a musician. Do you do anything else to help pay the bills?'' Little did she know that she was speaking to Ed Sheeran, who last year was estimated to be worth over 60 million (laughs) pounds. Now look, the point is this. If you don't know who you're speaking to, you can't possibly know how to relate to them properly. But at the end of the day, while it might be a bit embarrassing to assume that Ed Sheeran finds it hard to make ends meet, just imagine how terrible it would be to go through the whole of our lives without knowing how to relate to Jesus Christ as we should. The Christmas announcement tells us that Jesus is the King of Kings, none other than God himself. And so failing to relate to him as we should is a serious business. My um, daily routine involves listening to Radio 5 Live in the morning as I have a shave. And just last week, I heard a caller explain that they just decided... This year, they were going to send an invoice to their relatives for staying with them over Christmas. It seems they are fed up with their relatives turning up every year, eating all the food, not lifting a finger to do any of the washing up, lolling around the house, expecting to be waited on hand and foot, contributing nothing to the whole Christmas experience, and then leaving their host feeling exhausted and more than a tad irritated. So this year, they're going to ask their relatives to pay for all the food they eat, and they're going to slap a service charge on top. I bet it'll be fun in their house this Christmas. Now, look, I guess most of us wouldn't dream of charging our relatives to come uh, for coming to our house for Christmas. Well, not until I suggested it anyway. Um, no, we wouldn't dream of doing that. But at the same time, I reckon we do know how frustrating it is when people take from us without even giving us so much as a thank you. It's just not right. But that is how we treat the God who gives us everything we have. Think of all the wonderful things we enjoy at Christmas. Family, food, friends, fun. They all come from the hand of God. So what a terrible thing it is to ignore the God who has given us so much and how uncomfortable it will be to meet him one day, having ignored him all our lives. I have no idea what your year has been like. I guess some of you had good years, others bad, ups and downs. For me, I've had a good year and I especially loved the summer for two reasons. The first, the weather was fantastic. And then secondly, that remarkable run to the semi-final of the Football World Cup. Yes, we may have had a favourable draw, but still we got through the group stage, even scoring six against Panama. We won a penalty shootout, and Harry Kane won the Golden Boot Award. It was a brilliant tournament, even though we lost to Croatia. But that semi-final defeat means that there has still only ever been one Englishman in history who, as England captain, has lifted the trophy in triumph. It was, of course, Bobby Moore in 1966, Shortly before he died of cancer, Bobby Moore was asked what it felt like to go up the steps at Wembley to receive the Jules Rimet trophy from Her Majesty the Queen. The interviewer said, "'It must have been a wonderful experience "'to do that in front of a home crowd.' And Bobby Moore replied, "'No, it was terrifying "'because as I was going up the steps to the balcony, "'I saw the Queen was wearing some beautiful white gloves "'and I looked at my hands and saw they were covered in mud "'and I thought, how can I shake hands with her like this "'it'll make her gloves dirty?' And the next time you see footage of that special moment, you can see Bobby Moore desperately wiping his hands against his shorts in an attempt to get them clean. Now look, if a footballer is worried about approaching the Queen of England with dirty hands, think how much more terrible it will be for us to approach the king of the entire universe with less than perfect lives with all the times we've treated other people badly, with all the thoughts and motives that are far from honourable, and on top of that, with a lifetime of largely having ignored this God who gives us so much every day. It's a terrible prospect. But the great announcement of Christmas is a declaration of good news because it not only tells us about the identity of Jesus but also about the mission of Jesus. Listen again to this great announcement. Today, in the town of David, A saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. When it comes to gifts, I reckon there's only one thing better than getting just the right Christmas present and that's getting just the right Christmas present that you didn't even know you wanted until you opened it. Well, look, God's Christmas gift to us is like that. Did you hear it? He gave us a saviour. Jesus, the king of kings, hasn't come to slam us for all the times we've ignored him and failed him. He's come to save us. He's come on a rescue mission because he loves us. That is the good news of Christmas. And it is such good news that it's worth having all year round and it can change your life forever. A couple of weeks ago, I asked my Facebook friends what they most feared about Christmas. One said uh, he most feared the credit card bill in January. Yeah, we know that feeling. Another was worried about the oven not working on Christmas Day because apparently that happened last year. Others feared that their relatives wouldn't like the presents that they'd bought them. And one friend explained that they have relatives coming all the way over from Canada this year, and they said, I fear someone stopping my in laws from being with us this Christmas. Another friend replied to that, My fear is that my in laws will be with me this Christmas. I have a fear of being burgled on Christmas Eve with all the presents under the tree being stolen. But all those fears are nothing compared to one friend who came up to me in person and said, I saw your Facebook post and my biggest fear at Christmas is death. And then he told me of his own dad's death some years back, just before Christmas. Is there any greater fear that hangs over us? Not just at Christmas, but throughout our lives. I can't think of one. The fear of death and and what happens beyond death and being ready to meet my maker. That's precisely why Christmas is such good news. A saviour, Jesus, has been sent to rescue us from that fear. It was just about a month ago that we remembered the 100th anniversary of the end of the First World War, and we marked that occasion here. And as we remembered, I told the story of Ernest Gordon, he was captain in charge of the A Company and the 2nd Battalion of the 93rd Highlanders. His unit was deployed to defend Malaya from the Japanese. In December 1941, two Japanese divisions landed in northern Malaya and during the fighting, Ernest Gordon was captured. He spent the next three and a half years as a prisoner of war. And during that time, he along with hundreds of others were forced to work on building a railway through the jungles of Thailand and Burma. The conditions were terrible, so bad, many died. Remarkably, Ernest Gordon survived to tell the tale. And one story he recalls helps us to understand Jesus' rescue. At the end of a day's punishing work building the railway, a Japanese guard found that one of the shovels was missing. He worked himself into an uncontrollable rage and he screamed, all die, all die. And just as the guard was about to begin to shoot all the prisoners, one man stepped forward and said, I did it. The guard ran over to the man, hit him on the head with the barrel of his gun and the soldier sank to the ground. The force of the blow killed him instantly. But then moments later, when the shovels were recounted, they were all there. It seemed the guard had simply made a mistake. One innocent man had stepped forward to take the punishment for all the others, dying so that they might live. It is a little picture of how Jesus rescued us he died on a cross, willingly, stepping forward, an innocent man, dying to save others. We deserve God's punishment. We've, we've selfishly taken all good gifts of God and largely ignored him throughout our lives. But despite treating him that way, he still loves us. And so Jesus stepped in to take your punishment and mine, dying a terrible death on a cross Wonderfully, he doesn't act like a frustrated relative at Christmas, sending you a bill you can't pay for a past you can't change. No, he says, I'll willingly pay the price myself. And in doing so, he restores our relationship with God. That is how much he loves you. His rescue mission means we can be forgiven and stand before God with a clear conscience and so face death with confidence, knowing that we'll be welcomed into his arms For eternity. Forgiveness, a clear conscience, no fear of death, life beyond the grave. Now that's worth having all year round for the whole of our lives. And that is why Christmas is such good news. So, how about it? They say the new year is the perfect time for new beginnings. Why not make a fresh start with Jesus Christ? Come back in the new year. Join us on Sunday mornings or at our encounters course where both Sunday mornings and at the Encounters course, we'll be thinking more about Jesus Christ and what it means to follow him. Indeed, details of the Encounters course are on the back of the programme that you were handed on the way in. And if you want to know more before then, then as you leave this evening, why don't you take a booklet from me? They're absolutely free. I'll be standing at the door there as you leave. Just take one from me. And this will tell you more about why it's so brilliant following Jesus. Well, thanks for coming. And thanks very much for listening. And before we sing our final carol, just sit back and relax and listen to the choir as they sing, What Child Is This?